Today is Thursday, August 3rd, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. The Trump indictment. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Subscribe, leave a rating, share with a friend, please. We'd love it if you did that. Hold up your end of the bargain there. We're here each and every day, 7 a.m., going through the news of the cray. Joining me as always, Billy Hallowell, Trey Gones Phillips. Guys, what's going on? It's Friday, Junior. Yeah, I mean, another week flying by with indictments galore. <laughs> another indictment. I uh, love heading into the weekend with the smell of indictment in the air, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they're a dime a dozen these days, apparently. I mean, they just keep throwing them at the wall, see which one sticks. It's unbelievable, but this is what it is right now, and we're going to go through it here momentarily, but we also have a lot uh, else to cover here on the podcast. What do we have coming up on the Focus Story, guys? Well, we're going to be talking about a new film that is coming. I'm not even going to spoil it with the details, but a well-known band, that band's real-life story, their family story of coming to America, we're going to get into that. It's a film that will be coming out next year, but the details are just sort of leaking out as we speak. All right. Look forward to that. Also on the main thing, Billy caught up with the street preacher who was arrested in the UK. I mean, it's shocking video. It really, truly is. He's he's just read the Bible is all he's done. And they're telling him it's hate speech and that he's a dangerous man. These cops, as they're hauling him off, it's wild. It's the second time it happened to this street preacher. And we will cover that conversation on the main thing but first we're going to get through the news here in 90 seconds and former president donald trump has been indicted on felony charges these stem from his alleged actions in relation to the 2020 election and the capitol riot the four count indictment portrays the events as a quote unprecedented effort to undermine democracy meanwhile critics are arguing that the investigation and charges are driven by political motivations they point to these other indictments that have come down against trump including the one of mishandling classified documents others are calling these charges thought crimes because they're going to have to prove trump's intent to obstruct the certification of the electoral vote. And that requires demonstrating that he knowingly made false claims about election fraud with the specific purpose of overturning the results. Very difficult to prove what someone's thinking or what they knew and what they didn't know. We'll be continuing to cover that over at CBNNews.com. And Fitch Ratings downgraded its U.S. debt rating on Tuesday from the highest AAA rating to AA plus, citing a, quote, steady deterioration in standards of governance. The Biden administration, through Janet Yellen, doubled down their criticism, saying it's a flawed assessment based on outdated data. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out those stories and more over at CBNNews.com. Guys, obviously the big story here, Trump's indictment. This is the latest one. As we said, I mean, it's 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 really hard now to look at these indictments and not feel politics all over the place, regardless of what you think about Trump, regardless of what you think about Biden. There's just a lot of legal activity, and it sure smells an awful lot like politics to me. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's so bizarre it's particularly bizarre because we're heading into an election year. And if I'm not accusing them of this, but I'm just going to say it, if the accusation against Trump is that he's 
you know, been interfering with elections. It seems like this is another form right. of interfering with elections. Is, I don't, I know, yeah, I, I know what you're saying, Billy. It really feels like, does this not feel more like we're living in Venezuela where all of a sudden the guy challenging the person in the office is getting all these charges thrown at him? Yeah, I just wonder what, when are we going to, particularly in our relative world where anything can mean absolutely anything you want it to mean, when are we going to actually define what election interference is? Right. Because, uh, like, I, I don't, because how can you say that somebody is, we're not going to give you any evidence because it's all classified. It's all right. private. The, it's got to work its way through the court system. But just believe us, this man is a crook and he's terrible and he's awful for the country. Now go vote for him if you want to. It's like, <laughs> right. okay, then haven't you now interfered in the, in the election here? And then also with social media and are they going to stop posting news on that? Because that's something that Meta is just now rolling out this week. In Canada, they're not going to be pu publishing news anymore because of laws there. That's something that could potentially happen here. And I just, I, I don't know. I just wonder with such yeah. a lack of space to get accurate information. And then the spaces that you are getting information from all you're seeing is story after story after story about Trump being the one indicted. And you hear nothing about anything Hunter else Biden. going on in the news. You, yeah. You hear nothing about the stuff that's going on with Biden and there's plenty of controversy there too. I just wonder like at what point do we define this stuff as election interference? Because I think you can make the argument that it is. Yeah. And I'm not saying that Trump is innocent of all these things. What I'm saying, what I'm actually saying is that I have felt very much so over the past couple of years that some of the tactics being used, they may feel really good in the moment for those using them like impeachment, right? Bringing charges against somebody. Right. But when this becomes a political tool that is used by both sides over time, because once you normalize something, that's the kind of door you're opening, right? Yeah. Here we are again, we're talking about impeachment again, right? Potentially, yep. you know, that's, that's starting to bubble to the surface again, not that people don't deserve it or, but, but my point is these are becoming norms now. And that's a little scary. Well, no, we're, it, yeah. we're living in a boy who called cried wolf reality at this right. point when it comes to impeachment. And I guess where I'm I'm with you, Billy. I mean, I'm not saying innocent or not innocent. I guess what it looks like to the average casual observer out there is that they're stretching to do this rather than this is very, very much a clear thing. But now it feels like everyone's just trying to dig up something for a charge. Let's see what we can find and maybe we can make a charge out of that. To your point, that is, it is not a good precedent to go down. So again, we'll we'll continue to cover it over on cbnnews.com, but we're going to move over to the focus story now. And on a more positive note, aside from politics, there's good things going on, including a new Christian biopic. It's coming. And it's a it's a truly compelling a story. So what what is you you teased it at the top, Billy? So what what is it? All right. So for King and Country, well known Christian band, two brothers, right, Joel and Luke Smallbone, they have a sister, Rebecca St. James. People may remember her, also a well known Christian singer. They come from an intriguing family, and their family moved to America years ago from Australia. They are going to be the focus of a new movie called Unsung Hero. It's a scripted film that will come out in April of 2024. And this is going to be a film that details a very difficult journey. They didn't just hop on a plane and come to America. Um, there's a lot of different elements to this story of having to overcome and trust God and then come to this country. And, and what ends up happening is their children have this amazing talent and they form two of the biggest acts in Christian music history. <laughs> so <laughs> it's really it's really an interesting story. There are seven 
kids in their family. So it's a big family. Um, and, you know, Trey and I actually had the mother, Helen, um, on the Prodigal Stories podcast last year, and we had a chance to hear this story. So it's really interesting now, flashing forward, um, to be seeing this film come to fruition. So who's in it? Who's going to be playing the roles? So Candace Cameron Bure is in the film. Uh, I don't know the exact role she is playing, but Joel Smallbone is actually going to play his father, um, David. And he's also directing this film. Um, it's his debut in that arena. And uh, Jonathan Jackson, Lucas Black, Hillary Scott. Um, so it's actually a really, really interesting cast of people playing the different roles, of the family members and others. And, you know, again, this is going to be a faith-centric movie from what we can tell based on the description, detailing that journey to America and, and everything that came after. That's really cool. And I was today years old when I found out that Rebecca St. James was the sister of the singers from For King and Country. I did not know that. It shows you how in tune I am with that. But that's awesome. Also, why does one family get so much talent like that all wrapped into one? It's all the, well, the another one's a filmmaker. Another one's they're all they all have insane talent. Well, you know what, Dan? They were homeschooled. Right. They so were. That's hey, why. well, that's good. Maybe maybe I'm on the right track then. Homeschooling our but I feel like hey, my kids and myself, we tied our shoes today. So uh, congratulations to us. That's all the talent pool we got over here. All kidding aside, though, why do you think this story is going to be one that resonates with people? I'm not going to lie. I was a little skeptical years ago when the the music movie started coming I can only imagine now I can only imagine I understood because the song was so it has such a crazy history right it's like supernatural crazy history um I still believe I thought okay is there going to be staying power to this right uh, but I think there's something to these stories there's a reason why they resonate that these musical acts that people love in the Christian space they the music brings us closer to the Lord that there's these deep stories that these individuals and families have and so this is another crack at that. And it's the same company, essentially, that brought us two of the other music stories. So that's interesting, too, that we know they've been able to do this well. It's also notable because Jesus Revolution, we're coming off of that, which they made Jesus Revolution as well, right? So, um, you know, we're coming off of these Irwin Brothers movies that have done really well. Sound of Freedom, which wasn't a Christian movie, but attracted a Christian audience. So we are really watching the growth of a lot of subgenres right now under the Christian space. And so I think, you know, if history as any judge, we're going to see this movie perhaps perform very well. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, that, some of these other ones, like you mentioned, uh, the I Can Only Imagine um, and I Still Believe, Jeremy Camp's story, which is a very powerful story. And it seems like, you know, the old knock on Christian medias, you know, and movies and things like that is, oh, they're all cheesy and yada, yada, yada. But those ones were very good and they got a definitely a wide appeal beyond just Christian audiences. So, um, yeah, maybe maybe we're just seeing the evolution of Christian movies and entertainment, and it's starting to make a wider impact. I, yeah, I think that's definitely true. And it's it's fascinating to look back and see that it actually hasn't been that long. It hasn't been that many years since Christian the Christian subgenre and entertainment really started to take off. And the speed at which it's gotten better, I think, is is quite impressive. And something recently we were speaking with uh, Jim Caviezel, who's obviously the star of Sound of Freedom. Um, he is Christian, he's Catholic, um, but he said that he doesn't really like the idea of a faith-based movie. He said, I don't like when people put like slap that genre label onto a movie. He said, because if it's a good movie, I obviously want faith-based content. He said, but if it's a good movie, it should be a good movie that stands on its own merit. And he was talking about Sound of Freedom 
He said, this is a good movie. Um, he said that should really just be applied to all films, all faith-based yeah. films. This isn't a faith-based movie that's just for Christians. Right. This is a good movie. Go see it, and maybe the Lord will use it to reach you. Yeah, I mean, I like that, because why don't why don't people slap on labels onto secular movies like violent ones that just have expl- like the John Wicks of the world? Now, this is a snuff-based film here. For the second, like, this, why is, a why violent, this yeah. is a violent trash bucket film. Yeah. yeah. Well, why don't we yeah. do that? Why do we have to slap these? Like, because you know that a lot of critics will do that as a pejorative, right? They're trying to criticize right. and get people to, to try to dismiss the film. Ah, this is a cliched message. It's just all the church How about, how about QAnon adjacent? Right. QAnon right. adjacent film. Right. Exactly. But there's a lot of things we could attach onto these secular films. It's it's so comical when you see trailers for a lot of big blockbuster movies. It's like violence nudity swearing coming up this summer like oh wow you guys are really reinventing the wheel but yet we're the christians we're the silly ones here with our cliched movies but then they do the low-hanging sin fruit right just right there (laughs) like oh let's just go to the dumbest ones like let's just put naked woman up there and see how many people will go so it's an unfair criticism but i'm glad to see we're looking forward to this one coming out glad to see as you guys were mentioning those other ones that have done really well too so this movie has a good cast i'm kind of i hadn't i had heard about the movie but i didn't know who was going to be in it billy so when you listed off that the roster of people who are going to be in the film uh it sounds like it'll be good i lucas black is great we've obviously had him on the the podcast and in interviews a few times candace uh, has been on here a lot um so yeah it's an impressive cast yes indeed and we'll be looking forward to seeing that one. Appreciate you putting it on our radar screens there, Billy. We're going to head over to the main thing now. And Ryan Shivo is a preacher who often goes out into the street and does some street preaching. And he's done so in the UK as well. And last year, he got arrested for actually just preaching straight gospel message. Well, he went back this year with a friend and a second time got arrested. And as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, the video is truly stunning. You have these officers saying, well, you can't spread hate in LGBT month. And he, they were just saying, well, he was reading from, I think it was First Corinthians or something like that. And they arrested him over that. Really, really chilling stuff. And Ryan has stopped by to tell his story. Billy has that conversation on today's main thing. Ryan Shivo, you are a street preacher. You spend time out in the UK a fair amount of the year, and we're going to get into why you do that. But before we do, on June 10th, you were arrested preaching there in England. Can you tell us what happened? Well, I was with a friend of mine, a brother from my church, and as is uh, par for the course for me, I went out in the streets to evangelize. That's what I spend most of my time doing here. And we chose to go to the city of Canterbury, uh, not very far from where I was living at the time. And this brother wanted to get some experience uh, seeing the street preaching. He's a young guy who hasn't been out that much. And I wanted to give him a good experience. Canterbury is a fairly decent sized city, populated wise, especially on the weekends. So we went on a Saturday and upon our arrival, we saw rainbow paraphernalia pretty much everywhere in the city center when we went in uh flag signs there was a band uh singing what appeared to be lgbtq singers and we realized that there was a proper pride event going on um it was quite oppressive it was very dark you could sense it but i did not have a sense that we should leave just because of that so we decided to carry on ministering now keep in mind canterbury is the diocese of the archbishop of the church of england 
so the head of the entire international Anglican communion, Justin Welby, this is his diocese, and this is what's going on in Canterbury. And the Church of England really has been uh, one of the great culprits of why the LGBTQ agenda has taken root here the way it has, because they've become so um, just abdicated the responsibility to hold up the Bible, the archbishop, not least of all. But anyway, back to Saturday the 10th, we went into the city and we we saw what was going on. I found a spot to preach that I was familiar with, that I had preached at before and had been quite fruitful. And when I looked around and just saw how oppressive it was and how in your face, I just, in my heart, I just thought I can't uh, avoid this. So I read from Romans chapter one, verses 18 to 32, and began to talk about uh, how God will bring judgment and wrath on society for sin, particularly sexual sin, and did speak about uh, the homosexual and LGBT agenda, the damage it's doing to society, uh, how God views this. And within a short period of time, uh, uh, there was a crowd that had developed. Now, before I even started speaking, I think it's worth noting that there were a few security guards in the distance who uh, they were watching me just when they saw me open my Bible and they saw the headset and the speaker that I had uh, around my, my shoulder. It was almost like they were just waiting for me to open my mouth and say something. Uh, so it, it, it was almost like we were behind the eight ball from the very beginning. And within a few minutes of, of preaching and talking about this, I was surrounded. There were a number of people watching that were just interested. Some were uh, favorable toward us, but some many were not at all because it was a pride event. And then there were two hecklers that made things very difficult for us to the point where I, I basically had to stop. My friend David, who was with me, he was having so many conversations on the ground. It was quite chaotic. And I did end up in a conversation with a young woman who identified as a lesbian. We were having a very good talk. And then about five or six police officers burst onto the scene at one time. And the one was quite uh, verbally aggressive with me from the very beginning. He was not even close to unbiased, began trying to incriminate me with questions, intimidate me. And it was very clear that he was taking the side of the LGBT community in the Pride event. And he had basically no regard for my freedom of speech. And I, I even think he was angry and antagonistic because of what I was doing. And uh, we, we went back and forth for a few minutes. He would leave and then he would come back. And finally, he said, are you going to uh, continue to do this? Uh, will you stop? And I said, I don't know if I'll stop because the word has to be preached. He didn't tell me explicitly I had to do so. I would have if he had told me to, but he didn't. He made it an open-ended question. What was what was going through your head while you were being arrested? Because you, you have... This is not new for you. You know, in 2021, you also faced arrest for something similar, which we could talk about. But what was going through your mind as that was happening? Because I imagine you, you're very, like you're saying, you're very careful. You try to follow the law. So what were you thinking? Uh, there was a lot going through my mind. It was quite a chaotic moment. I think really more than anything else, what I felt was sadness because there's so many people watching this and the police are to be upholders of the law. They're to be unbiased. And what they were essentially saying is we support LGBT, we support the LGBT sympathizers, and we are not with the Christian. And for this to happen in the United Kingdom with the tremendous Christian history of this nation, the heritage of street preaching, um, you know, what, what street preaching has done to, and prayer even to the effect of potentially stopping wars at times and to uh, preserve righteousness in the society, the amount of mission that's gone out to the world from England, including to the United States or what eventually would become the United States to see what's happened in this nation. It's just very heartbreaking to me. 
And the officers here, I've had so many problems with them in the last couple of years because literally, and I say this with respect, because obviously the Bible tells us we need to submit to authority and respect authority. God tells us to do that. But the police have become so out of control when it comes to LGBTQ. They are literally part of the agenda. And uh, it's, on the, it's on their cars. They get it in their training. In fact, there was a vehicle even in Canterbury that day that my friend David took a photograph of after I was arrested with the, the rainbow flag splashed on the car. So that just tells you that uh, how unbiased they are and sympathetic they are toward the agenda. What is your, as we close out here, what is your message to Christians who maybe are in the U.S. or maybe they're in the U.K. and they're feeling fearful because they're watching stories like yours and they're saying, okay, I don't know if I want to go out there and be vocal because I don't want to deal with the consequences of what people like you have have faced for being vocal. What would your message be to them? Yeah. Well, first of all, we have to look at the word of God. Uh, All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. First of all, if you are a parent... And this is coming to the doorstep of your child's school, your home. You need to act. You're a Christian first, but you're a parent. You need to protect your children, not just your own children, but the other children in these schools. This is called being salt and light. My responsibility is to go out and declare in the public sphere. Although it looks like what I go through is really terrible because I get arrested sometimes. In many ways, it's harder for people in workplaces. I understand that because we're talking about a day-to-day thing. Your, your potentially your job could be on the line. But if we really love the Lord, we cannot accept this and just bow down before it. To, to my American brothers and sisters, this is coming to our country. This administration that we have in Washington is the worst, maybe in American history, the most far left, the most pro-sympathetic to these ungodly agendas. It's not going to get any better as long as they're in charge. So we need to have a voice and stand up. Those in the UK are already aware of what's going on. We just have to ask ourselves, are we going to love our lives unto the death or are we going to trust Jesus, put ourselves out there and trust him with the consequences? This takes an eternal perspective. If we love our life, we lose it, Jesus said. So it really comes down to how much do we love God and how much are we willing to risk and have an eternal perspective on what's going on and not just think about the here and now. God will take care of you if you lose your job, if you're persecuted. I've met many people in this country who have been. I just stayed with a family last week for six days who decided to to challenge transgender ideology in the school system. Uh, They were the first parents in the whole country to do it. They went all over national media, the BBC, ITV. They were ridiculed. They were mocked. But God has taken care of them. Their children are taken care of. And they've been a tremendous witness and encouragement to many parents around this country. We need examples in these times. By God's grace, I want to be an example. You can be an example too. God will give you the grace to do it. Well, I appreciate you taking the time today, telling us your story and joining us. Looking forward to having you back sometime soon. Thanks, Billy. All right, Billy, appreciate that conversation there. Really, really remarkable and sad thing that's happening when we see people just preaching the gospel and getting arrested for it. But hey, buckle up. These are, it seems like the direction we're going. There is an increasing hatred for God's word. And so you got to gird your loins and get ready for that. So I appreciate you bringing that story, but that's going to leave us with time here on the podcast for one last thing. Psalm 1-1, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. And it's just 
you know, it's a good reminder of sticking with God, sticking with what is right and good. Yeah, especially, as I said, in this time where it's becoming less and less popular by the day. So we need to encourage one another and stand fast. Yeah, pursuing truth, I think, can be really difficult, particularly because you don't want to offend people. You don't want to hurt people. And the world says that to love somebody is to accept them. Uh, but as believers, we know that's not the actual definition of love. So, right. yeah, following after the Lord, I think, is so important in our, our culture right now. Amen. Great place to leave it on this Friday Junior episode of the podcast. We've nearly made it to the end of the week. Almost there. Hope you have a fantastic rest of your Thursday. As always, get yourself on over to cbnnews.com and faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. Lord willing, and that creek don't rise, we shall return tomorrow. God bless you then.